Hello again, everyone. Welcome into Kicks and Dribbles. Bienvenue, benvenidos, bienvenidos, benvenuto, and welcome. I'm Dan McClay, and this is where we look at uh, world soccer every week uh, for a few minutes or so to talk about different things that are going on, and a lot is going on because we've got World Cup qualifying now up and running. And I mean, it has been ramped up something fierce because we've got a lot of games going on. There have been a lot of surprises, too. Now, first things first. The latest news out of Skopje, North Macedonia, is... Yeah, they're starting to wind down the party in the streets. What am I talking about? Oh, come on now. You've been following world football for the past week, right? The uh, World Cup qualifiers? Oh, my goodness. If you didn't hear, well, let, let, let's tell you right now. West Germany lost in Duisburg, West Germany, to North Macedonia. Yes, that's right. You heard correctly. In Skopje, they were dancing for all hours of the night, day, and the week. I mean, it's just been, been an ongoing party from what I understand. Okay. West Germany lost 2-1 to one to North Macedonia in Duisburg. I don't know how it happened. Nobody knows how it came about, but it is um, it is what it is. So luckily there's a little hiatus right now until September when the uh, World Cup qualifying for Europe will start up again. West Germany's in a rather unique situation. Well, first of all, let's go back over the game. Um, in case you didn't hear, Gordon Pandev, who uh, plays for North Macedonia, and he is their most capped player. Uh, this guy's a real veteran, plays for um, Genoa in Serie A. Uh, he's a good player. He's very smart. As I said, he's seasoned. Okay, so he knows he, he doesn't waste a lot of motion on a lot of uh, activity out there on the field that's not needed. He knows what to do with the ball when he gets it. He scored the first goal. And next thing you know, uh, West North Macedonia is up one, one nothing on Germany. And uh, Germans were, you know, went to halftime, scratched their heads, figured out what was going on, and couldn't, couldn't understand. They come out in the second half. They do get a penalty kick and tie the game at 1-1. However, they just did not play enough to get North Macedonia put away, okay? So upsets Elif Elmas. He plays for Napoli in Serie A. Uh, guy's been around a while, and uh, he puts one home in the 85th minute, and uh, that's all there was to it. North Macedonia came away with a 2-1 uh, win, and they were just – after the game was over, when the referee blew the whistle, it was kind of interesting to watch the North Macedonian players. They were happy, but they were also in, in shock. They couldn't believe what they had just done. And uh, it, it was kind of, it, it was kind of uh, awe-inspiring to watch these guys because they just realized that they had like almost climbed a mountain and conquered it. And uh, so uh, I'm sure that the West Germans are, you know, I always say West Germany. I, I shouldn't say that because uh, – you got to remember, I grew up in an era when Germany was divided. The Germans came away with their heads uh, kind of down a little bit. But they need to understand that, you know, they're in the middle of World Cup qualifying. This is not the end. Uh, they can still uh, get through. And so they've got to put themselves together. Now, let's look at the group that Germany is in right now uh, for this qualifying. Uh, you've got Armenia, North Macedonia, Germany, Romania, Iceland, and Liechtenstein. Does any country really jump out? at you besides Germany? Well, Romania, right? Yeah, possibly. But guess who's leading the group? Armenia. Yeah, Armenia hasn't lost a game yet. Now, uh, this is this is really getting to be kind of interesting because there are a lot of surprises going on with this qualifying. And we'll get to another story in just a minute, okay? But um, there's a lot, of, a lot of surprises going on. Do not take for granted the team you're playing. I learned that when I played. Uh, you know, back back in the day in Mexico, uh, if if you're going to play a team that was down in your in your group and uh, or in in the division, and uh, you were going to play them at home, 
Coach always said, do not come down to their level. Play your game and put this team away like you're supposed to, okay? So on paper, Germany against North Macedonia should be about a 4 nothing win for Germany, okay? Period. No, no, no other excuses, no other explanations. It didn't happen. So what's going to happen? What, what, what needs to happen here? Okay, what needs to happen is the coach of Germany, who, Akeem, of course, is Joachim Lowe, he needs to get his players together and say, look, I don't know who you all think you are, but you are Germany. You're representing Germany. We are a soccer powerhouse, and we need to show the world that we are a soccer powerhouse. So go out on the field. I don't care if you're playing um, the smallest country in the world. Go out on the field and do what you've got to do and get it done. Okay? So let's see what happens with the German team when they come out in September to continue the qualifying. Now, uh, speaking of Joachim Lowe, uh, shocking news a couple of weeks ago, he has all of a sudden decided to just step down and step away from the German national team. Uh, this guy is an amazing coach, amazing person. He knows how to handle the team. He has got... He has this team playing in, in, in just the ultimate stratosphere, but obviously against North Macedonia, something went wrong, and that will be addressed. But Joachim Lowe will be missed uh, on the world soccer front. No doubt about it. This guy is an amazing coach. I enjoy watching him coach when the Germans are playing. Uh, no successor named yet. I'm sure they're looking at the ranks. I'm sure they're looking at other things as well. But for the moment, uh, understand Joachim Lowe will be stepping down after the Euros uh, are concluded at the later part of this year. So uh, best of luck to him and whatever he decides to do. Now, I told you we had another kind of a shocking story out of World Cup qualifying that uh, may catch you off guard. Uh, Luxembourg. Yeah, you know Luxembourg, that country, a small country right in the middle of uh, right in the middle of Europe there, Western Europe. A beautiful country. Uh, it's called the Duchy of Luxembourg, by the way. Uh, they go over to Ireland. I'm not talking about Northern Ireland. I'm talking about the country of Ireland, Republic of Ireland. They go there to play a qualifying match uh, for a World Cup qualifying. Luxembourg wins 1-0. Now, I don't know how much of a soccer fan the Irish in general are. Uh, obviously, soccer it, it, it is, a, it is a country that does you know, play soccer and, and takes their soccer seriously. But to lose to Luxembourg 1-0 in Ireland, whew, that's a little bit of an embarrassment. And I don't know how busy the pubs were afterwards for people drowning their sorrows, but uh, this was this was quite a shock. Uh, Garson Rodriguez was the one who put the uh, Luxembourgans uh, up for good at the 85th minute um, with, uh, with a shot that uh, went in. Uh, he is from uh, born in Portugal, but now has Luxembourg uh, citizenship status. Um, he nailed it, and uh, he now is like I'm sure he could run probably for head of Luxembourg tomorrow and probably win simply because he gave Luxembourg a big win in the standings. So we'll see where it goes from here. Luxembourg is in a, in a uh, rather, I would say, soft type of group, but I don't think they're going to make it to the World Cup. Uh, but if they ever did, it would be a it would be a shock for sure. I think the uh, ice would start melting at the North Pole or something, okay? So, um, yeah, uh, Luxembourg beat Ireland on the 27th of March, and that was a one nothing win for Luxembourg. Uh, by the way, uh, Rodriguez, Gerson Rodriguez plays for Dynamo Kiev in Ukraine. So talk about a guy who plays uh, through some uh, heavy winter months uh, playing soccer. Uh, Dynamo Kiev plays right there in downtown Kiev, and it does not get warm in the wintertime there. Trust me. 
Okay, very good. Now, let's move on to some surprises that happened in uh, leagues around the Europe. And one of them was right in the EPL. If you all didn't hear about this one, it happened on the 3rd of April. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what happened here. Um, West Brom went to Chelsea and just took them to the cleaners, 5-2, to two, the final score after the smoke had cleared. Uh, basically, what happened was uh, Chelsea was up in the game one nothing, and then uh, Thiago Silva, the uh, world-class defender from Brazil who plays for Chelsea now, uh, got a red card. And I saw the play on tape, and it, it could have gone either way. Um, I think the referee, the angle he was standing at, it looked a little more severe than maybe what it was. But uh, Thiago tackled from behind. Um, he did clip the player. In, in, in many respects, yeah, it's 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 a it's a, it's a foul. But no, he got straight red carded and off the field he went. So at that point, West Brom said, "You know what? It's time to go to work." And boy, did they ever! And by the time it was all over, it was five to two. Uh, Christian Pulisic got a goal in the game. The United States. Uh, superstar. However, he did get hurt. Uh, again, unknown how bad the uh, injury is, but uh, hopefully as CONCACAF starts up around June or July, Christian will not have a problem with that injury. So again, Chelsea losing to West Brom 5-2 to two this past week. Now, uh, in another game, uh, Juventus had their cross-city rivalry game with Torino uh, the other day, and uh, Juventus I guess came out thinking, well, you know, Torino is like number 14th in the Serie A or whatever. Uh, you know, we're not going to have a problem here. Well, you know, again, like West Germany with North Macedonia, you can't have that mentality, folks. You've got it. If this is a team that supposedly is down in the table and not really on the same talent level as you are, you go out and you professionally take care of them. And, you know, and even if the score is 5 nothing, okay, but you do it in a professional manner. You don't do it in a in a manner where you tease or you uh, make fun of the other team or whatever. You go out and do it in a professional way, and you come away with your victory. Okay. Juventus had to have a goal from Cristiano Ronaldo. If they didn't have Cristiano, this never would have happened. But uh, if they had to have a goal from Cristiano in around the 80 or 85th minute to tie the game and get a tie out of the game. At this point where Juventus sits in Serie A, they need all the points they can get because they want to stay at least in Champions League level, which is one through four. Okay, uh, this was not a game, a great, beautiful game by Juventus by any stretch of the imagination, and so uh, they're taking a one-one and uh, tie and walking on down the road with it. Uh, if I'm uh, Anthony Pirlo, the coach, uh, I'm getting the guys together and say, "Look, you know this this can't this can't happen. We've got some big games coming up down the stretch, and we need to win." So Juventus needs to take this as a lesson and move on with it and really learn from it. Okay, other interesting games that happened during the past week in European leagues. We've got the Berlin rivalry game, the Berlin Derby as it's called now, with Union Berlin and Hertha Berlin. Union Berlin outshot Hertha 13-4 to in the game. Yes, 13-4. to <laughs> That's unbelievable. But the game only ended up in a 1-1 draw. So no harm, no foul. Hertha Berlin escapes with a tie. They're hanging and teetering on the edge of relegation, but we'll see how it goes down the stretch to see if maybe they can pull themselves up to at least a slot away from relegation and stay in the Bundesliga. Stay tuned. Okay, Sevilla and Real Betis are continuing their battle in La Liga. Sevilla currently in fourth spot, Real Betis fifth spot. And I told you, when he got hired, Manuel Pellegrini was going to do something for this Real Betis team, and he has done it. 
He's got them up there, and they're fighting for a Europa League spot. Sevilla, if they can hold on to fourth place, will be Champions League. Real Betis, this would be a real big step forward for this franchise. Okay, fifth place in uh, in La Liga, amazing. Uh, and this is all because of Pellegrini and the way he's been coaching and the way he's been moving personnel around. He's done a great job there. Uh, another big battle going on in a city in uh, Europe is the Rome battle, Lazio and Roma. Lazio is currently in sixth, Roma in seventh. This the uh, Roma's got to get their act together. This they've got a very good team. Roma has got some great talent on that team, and they need to come up the standings. Okay, so they've got some ga- uh, tough games coming down the stretch. They need to get it together and get it done. Uh, Roma and Lazio, sixth and seventh in the standings, and trust me, there are people in that city watching those standings every day because that is a very heated rivalry. Okay. Bundesliga, uh, Bayern Munich, seven points clear in first place. Uh, Dortmund is in fifth place. Leverkusen in sixth place. And there's only one spot for the Europa League placement next year. So Dortmund right now is holding that spot, but Leverkusen is right on their backside. And so Dortmund needs to get uh, something done. And Eric Holling, they need to put Eric Holling, Erling Holland in a situation where he can score more goals. Uh, they're just uh, apparently they're, they're not getting the ball to him. I know that the other teams are defensively collapsing on him, but you've got to rotate him through and get other people moving in that front line. Maybe get a midfielder up there to kind of throw the balance off and get that defense on their back heels so that Holland can get more shots on goal. Dortmund currently in fifth place in the Bundesliga, Leverkusen in sixth, and that fifth place varies, uh, is for a uh, Europa League spot next year. Okay, let's check the French league real quick. League 1, Lille. Yes, Lille continues to be in first place. This team is amazing. This team has taken the French League by storm this year. They're currently with 66 points with PSG. They're not out of it yet, okay? A lot of talent there at PSG, as you all know. So 63 points right behind them. Then Monaco at 62. Monaco has made a great move this year. Fabulous move. And they are now in third place. Lyon at 61. So uh, Monaco going to Champions League next year? Hmm, that's a very good possibility, and so is Lyon. Wow. Okay, but Lille looking to maybe capture the French League 1 championship. This is really something, we'll, you know, we're watching this right down to the very end. Serie A, as I told you about, we got that battle. We got two battles going on, actually, but we've also got a third battle going on at Serie A, and that's for the top spot. And guess what? That's divided the city of Milan in half. Inter and AC going at it, but Inter is now eight points clear. And they're coming down the stretch. Okay, Gino Gasparini, by the way, has done a great job with Atalanta, who is in third place. And they're only two points behind AC Milan. Atalanta cannot be counted out. They may make the, a, a very interesting race out of this. So um, you've got Juventus, Atalanta, AC, and Inter from fourth place to first uh, in the Champions League at this point. However, Napoli is tied with Juventus at 56 points in that fifth position, and that's the Europa League position. And Napoli would give nothing, would give everything, rather, to be in front of Juventus for Champions League and send Juventus to Europa League. To Napoli, that would be a celebration like you couldn't believe because that's South Italy beating North Italy. Okay, that's basically the bottom line. So um, let's see what happens there. Juventus and Napoli locked up for fourth and fifth spot, and there's a big difference there. One's uh, Champions League, one's Europa League. But Gian Gasparini has done a great job with Atalanta has got them right on AC's backside, and AC Milan better look out because that Atalanta team is talented for sure. Uh, Lazio is at 52 points. 
as I said earlier, down there uh, in sixth place, and then Roma is in seventh with 51 points. All right, looking at La Liga, Atletico Madrid, still on top at 66 points. Diego Simeone's done a great job there this year. Real Madrid, though, is not to be denied at this point. They're at 63 points right behind Atletico Madrid. Again, another European city divided in half by a soccer rivalry. Uh, this, 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 um, this race could go down to the final game because both teams are loaded with talent, and uh, this would be interesting to watch. Now, don't count Barcelona out. They're in third place with 62 points, so they're just four points behind Atletico Madrid in the top spot. Okay, If Messi decides to get his uh, troops together and say, look, guys, let's make that big push, they could be in trouble. Okay, Atletico Madrid. So Barcelona's in third place at 62, but then Sevilla, don't count them out, 58 points. Sevilla is right there too, and they are in amongst the big guns in La Liga. Uh, then I told you about Real Betis at Europa League, 46 points, but Villarreal and Real Sociedad also have their eyes on Europa League. Uh, Villarreal tied with Real Betis at 46 points and Real Sociedad at 45 points. One spot for Europa League, okay? One spot, three teams tied for it. This is going to be interesting going down the stretch for sure. But again, what a job Manuel Pellegrini has done at Real Betis there in Seville, Spain. All right, let's go to the EPL where things are a little more clear because Man City is way out in front of Man U by 14 points at the top spot, 74 points. Uh, Man U at 60 and then Leicester City. I mean, what a job Rodgers has done there at Leicester City uh, over the year. Um, still in third place, still holding steady, still holding their position. Unbelievable. Chelsea at 51, but Tottenham is right behind them at 49. Now, this is an interesting little battle here because Tottenham, if they stay in fifth place, go to Europa League. Four of their uh, last eight league games coming down the stretch are against contenders. In other words, teams right there with them. So Tottenham's going to have their work cut out for them to get to that fourth spot. Chelsea, under Tim, Tim, uh, Thomas Tuchel, has done a great job since he took over, and that uh, Chelsea now finds himself in competing for a Champions League position. Uh, Liverpool, 49 points, also tied with Tottenham. They uh, beat Arsenal the other day 3-0. Uh, just took it to Arsenal big time, and Arsenal didn't have a chance. West Ham, David Moyes' guys, tied also with Tottenham, 49 points. So you got three teams tied for the Europa League position available in the EPL at 49 points. What Carlo Ancelotti has done at Everton is amazing. He's got them at 46 points and competing for that last spot uh, for Europa League. And then Aston Villa with Dean Smith at the helm, uh, he's got them at 44 points. Don't count them out either. Aston Villa can always pull some surprises. They're a good team. They, uh, they're not a team to take lightly, and I hope nobody takes them, takes them lightly uh, as well. Now, Tottenham's also got some other uh, things going on. They're in the EFL Cup Final against Man City on the 25th of April. Yeah, the EFL Cup final. So they got that along with these other games. So uh, Josie Mourinho is going to have to work out a way to you know, move his personnel around and keep them fresh so that they can compete in all these games because they're going to have some work cut out for them down the road. Uh, West Ham, Everton, Aston Villa, again, good teams, well coached. Look out. The, end, the finishing for EPL uh, as far as the uh, Europa League spot and uh, who's going to finish where is uh, still up for grabs. But Man City looks like he's going to walk away with it for sure. Um, Tottenham has got Manchester United on Sunday the 11th, and then they've got Everton on Friday the 16th. So right there, you got two uh, two contenders that are tied with Tottenham, and uh, they're going to have to be ready for them. Uh, April 6th, uh, coming up on um, on TV on Tuesday, April the 6th, Real Madrid plays Liverpool. This is Champions League action starting back up again. 
It's going to be on TUDN and Univision at 2 o'clock. That's Real Madrid and Liverpool. And then uh, Man City and Borussia are going to be on Galavision at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Okay, Actually, that's going to be 3 o'clock Eastern uh, on those two games. Uh, Make a note of that, 3 o'clock Eastern, in case you're listening in the Eastern time zone. That's Univision and Galavision, Real Madrid and Man City playing uh, their respective opponents. Then on uh, Wednesday, April the 7th, you've got Porto hosting Chelsea down in northern Portugal. That's at 3 o'clock on Galavision. Then Bayern Munich is going to host PSG. That's going to be a great game. Uh, Bayern Munich hosting PSG. Lewandowski won't be back, but uh, Bayern Munich is going to have to find a way to beat PSG uh, without him, but they'll be playing at home at the Allianz Arena. So that's on TUDN and Unimas. Those two games are at 3 o'clock Eastern as well on the Spanish networks. Okay, on Thursday, um, we've got Europa League action, and this is getting down to the nitty-gritty now as far as Europa League is concerned. You know, remember, we started out with about, what, 110, 115 teams competing in Europa League at the beginning, and now they're getting down to the actual uh, finals. Uh, Roma is going to be on Galavision at 3 o'clock Eastern on Thursday. Uh, Arsenal is going to be on TUDN at 3 o'clock on Thursday, and then Man U is going to be on Unimas uh, Thursday at three o'clock Eastern as well. So those are the uh, that's the schedule for the Europa League uh, competition coming up on Thursday. Then on Friday, great um, a great French league match. Mets and Lille are going to play at two o'clock, rather three o'clock on BN Sport. Then on Saturday, Real Madrid plays Barcelona. This is the big matchup that everybody in Europe just you know comes to a halt for. Real Madrid Barcelona is going to be on BN Sport, and it's a, a two o'clock game. Uh, there on BN Sport. Also on Saturday, a good Mexican League matchup. Cruz Azul is going to play Guadalajara on Univision at 7 o'clock. That, again, is on Univision, Cruz Azul and Guadalajara uh, on Saturday. Then Sunday, West Ham, Leicester City. Unfortunately, no TV, but you can probably follow it on the Internet. Uh, Again, West Ham, Leicester City, and then Tottenham plays Man U, as I told you, at 11.30. Um, So those are two games for Sunday that the EPL are going to be very, very important for sure. That does it for Kicks and Dribbles. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Dan McClay. Lauren McClay is our technical producer. John Dang handles the sound. And D.C. McClay is in our ideas department. It's always nice talking to you about world soccer. This is a great subject. The Ojogo Bonito, the beautiful sport. Uh, please keep washing your hands and uh, keep uh, keep that social distancing at six feet so we can get this pandemic out so we can get the stands uh, uh, stands full of fans <laughs> once again. Don't say that twice or say that fast ten times, okay? Very good. Muito grazie. Muito obrigado. Merci beaucoup. And muchas gracias. Thank you so much for tuning in. Glad to have you there with me. And we'll be talking to you next week. Until then, please, don't let your life have too many yellow cards.